joined on Local News Live by Great TV correspondent in Washington, D.C., Kyle Madura. Kyle, uh, the New York gun case, high profile, is heading to the Supreme Court. It asked the question, you put it well in your article, um, can New York gun owners show personal need for self-defense in order to carry a concealed weapon? That appears to be what the Supreme Court will be uh, examining. Can you tell us what is the New York concealed carry law at this point? Yeah, so essentially the law says that if anyone is going to get a concealed carry permit to carry a handgun, which is it's, it's necessary to be permitted in order to do so legally, they have to essentially show that they need it. And you, there are varying levels for which one could be approved. So it's pretty easy to demonstrate for someone who wants to go hunting. Um, someone could potentially qualify for limited reasons, such as a, a commute. Um, and then there's unrestricted, which is really the, the key to this case where someone would need to demonstrate under current law that they have a particular need for their own safety to carry and that they just wouldn't feel more comfortable doing so or simply want to carry it. And so the question is, is that a legitimate uh, distinction regulation or because of the second amendment, uh, would the state essentially have to prove that someone would be a public threat in order to withhold that right? Who's challenging this concealed carry law and why are they doing it? Yeah, so there are two New Yorkers, both of whom who, who uh, received carry permits for uh, restricted reasons or particular reasons. So uh, both for hunting and, and one was allowed to carry uh, his handgun on his commute, but neither of them got the unrestricted license that they were hoping for. Uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association is also joining in. They're essentially a local arm of the NRA, and they argue that the permitting program is unconstitutional. They say essentially what New York has done is, is taken a right and turned it into a privilege. In other words, then they look at the words uh, keep and bear arms within the Second Amendment. They say that means that not only can we keep them, i.e. in the House, which was the subject of a, a previous Supreme Court decision about a decade ago, they say bear arms means we have the right to do so in public. And so that's their argument essentially is that being able to be permitted to conceal carry should be the rule, not the exception. Now, how is New York defending their law? Yeah, so New York Solicitor General was in court making their side of the argument. Uh, and they essentially say, look, this is a legitimate regulation. We're not trampling on anyone's Second Amendment rights. We're simply balancing those rights with public safety concerns as well as other rights that are within the Constitution. Uh, you know, they say this sort of restriction is necessary, especially in major metro areas like New York, in order to not only help protect police officers who, um, you know, may worry about guns being everywhere and, and a potential threat, but also just the public in general. Um, one of the points that came up fairly consistently is how comfortable would you feel if you knew that people could um, pack heat concealed in Times Square or on the subway, those sorts of things. And then New York also argued that it's it's a key protection uh, measure, as we've seen mass shootings across this country. They say we're trying not to be the next Sandy Hook, the next Orlando, the next Las Vegas, et cetera, and that this provision is is key to making sure that they don't have an incident like one of those. Now, the New York law is more than 100 years old. The Second Amendment is 230 years old, but the Supreme Court may consider uh, regulations that are even older than that. Why is that? Yeah, so basically the, the key reason here, and, and given how controversial gun rights and, and some of these cases have been and how profile that high profile they've been, there actually isn't a lot of case law, so to speak, at least at the Supreme Court level, 
when it comes to questioning uh, the Second Amendment and, and gun rights. So certainly the Supreme Court justices will be looking at a, a 2010 decision, a 2008 decision, one of which dealt with whether a, a city could limit handguns in the home. Uh, they'll be looking to 1920s era regulation where there was a good amount of this, where, where this uh, law in question comes from. They'll be looking at some cases coming out of the post-Civil War era, be looking at the Second Amendment and the framing. But then, you know, because there's that's limited and because, um, you know, how the, the Second Amendment is, is notorious for not exactly being the clearest amendment when it comes to spelling out our rights, they'll also be looking at, at several cases in English common law, one dating, uh, one thought to be the first that actually dealt with weapons in, in farmers markets, public square type situation. And so that will provide, at least for some of the justices, some context for how what they think the, the framers might think if this question had been presented to them. Interesting. Is there any indication of how the Supreme Court may view this case? Yeah, well, the liberal justices started off by, by questioning the, the plaintiffs in, the, in this case, or I should say the appellants in this case, with the, um, the gun owners as, as well as the Pistol Association. And they were really focused on the fact that New York has issued about 90,000 unrestricted licenses and say, you know, this is an indication that it's not completely undoing the right. They're, they're issuing these things and they're not exactly uncommon. Uh, they also worried about a, a potential rise in violence that might be attributed to uh, less regulation if that were to come to pass. Conservatives, on the other uh, hand, were quick to point out that one might naturally feel a greater need uh, for carrying a concealed weapon in urban environments. And under New York's process, it, it's easier to get a concealed carry permit if you're in a rural environment than if you are in, say, New York City. They said, well, wait a second, the, you know, crime is probably more likely to find you if, if you're in New York City. Uh, in fact, one of the justices basically uh, asked the, the Solicitor General of New York, well, how many muggings take place in the forest? And her response was, well, I, I take your point, but there's also far more domestic violence um, that might occur in rural areas. And so that might be necessary. And, and the way she answered that question uh, was essentially to say, you know, when you're in one of these major metro areas, presumably uh, law enforcement will be able to respond much faster as well. So those were some of the ideas that, that the justices were batting around. They were also discussing this history and, uh, you know, both the conservative and liberal justices, as well as, as the two sides arguing before them, really felt that that ultimately that that history question we talked about will be on their side. Sure. Now, it's a New York law, but how could other states be impacted by this? Yeah, so including New York, there are seven states that have really very similar uh, regulatory regimes, so to speak, when it comes to this issue. That includes states like Hawaii. It, it includes a lot of East Coast states like Rhode Island. So certainly, the justices may decide just this case for New York. It could also apply to those other six states, but they could even potentially go even broader. And even if they don't, uh, legal experts I've chatted with say we fully expect other states to take this decision into account, even if it doesn't necessarily overturn a law. So that could be, you know, they see this decision, they say, uh oh, we better tweak ours before we get a similar lawsuit. Or it could be a proposal comes up in the state house, and, and as they're crafting any new law, they might look to this for some guidance. Yeah, that does appear how the Supreme Court, its basic function, one change to one state does impact multiple throughout the country. So uh, that is common. Uh, great information, Kyle. I just want to ask one more question. Beyond this court, what other groups are sending 
arguments into the Supreme Court? And are there any surprises? Yes, one of the interesting things about this, and certainly the legal experts expect the justices to divide on this issue if they do have a big decision along that 6-3 conservative majority. Some of the newcomers have written uh, decisions in the past that were particularly pro-gun. But when it comes to the amici briefs, which are essentially other parties who have a particular interest in the case are allowed to submit their own legal arguments for the record. There were 80 some odd briefs filed on both sides of this question. And two that really stuck out to me are these. There was a group of public defenders that actually were supportive of the gun owners saying, no, this regulatory regime needs to go. They say it, they see it as a um, systemic uh, racism issue. They believe that it, it lines up minorities to be more likely to face gun charges and thus should go. On the other hand, there's a group of Republican lawyers that were actually backing up New York state law. Uh, their argument was that, hey, you don't have to look that far back to the events of, of January at the Capitol with the riot and the violence that ensued there. They say, you know, DC's got a kind of similar restriction when it comes to concealed carry and having that restriction in place may have prevented the events of those days from being more violent and more deadly. Yeah, fascinating information. Kyle Maduro, great TV correspondent in Washington, D.C. We appreciate the information in your time.